Hello and welcome to Dealcast, the weekly M&A podcast presented to you by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. I'm Juliana Needham. I'm a business journalist and I've been covering M&A for a decade. In 2023, there was a big drop in M&A activity globally. So what was the picture in Latin America? To find out more, we're heading to Sao Paulo. I'm joined by Tiago Barroso, who is the editor for Latin America. Hi, Tiago. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Juliana. It's a big pleasure to be here with you and talk about a topic that is definitely so appealing to us and uh, our listeners. So thank you so much for having me on. Great. So can you begin by giving us the big picture, please? We heard from the executive editor for M&A, Lucinda Guthrie, recently, who spoke about the big decline in M&A globally during 2023. What was it like last year in Latin America? That's a very good question. And it was not different what we saw here in Latin America, where the number of deals dropped by more than one third last year on a year over year basis. And just to give an idea, when it comes to deal value, we saw a fall by 23%. So I think that uh, the best way to put it is that Latin was mirror, Latin basically mirrored what happened in the US and Europe and most of the markets out there. Thank you. Now, there are a number of macroeconomic and geopolitical factors at play in different countries that have hampered deal activity. What are the factors that have affected the Latin America region specifically, please? When it comes to macroeconomic factors, uh, this would be high interest and inflation rates. But we could also put that uh, overpriced valuations, mostly venture capital and difficulties for private firms to raise new funds, also made 2023 a very challenging year for the region. When we look into very specific countries, it's worth capping that uh, Brazil had the first year of uh, President, President Lula's administration. So whenever there is a new administration, it's normal to see investors cautious to see how the administration, how the government is going to perform, right? We also had presidential elections in Argentina, for instance. So despite the macroeconomic factors that we just talked about, high interest, inflation rates, overpriced valuations, major capital difficulties for private equity firms to raise new funds, we also saw that a political element playing against m in some of the biggest markets in our region. Thank you. And despite last year being a challenging year, M&A advisors say they're cautiously optimistic about 2024, which they would say. What, what are their reasons to be cheerful? Once again, we are going to have to go back to macroeconomic factors because the influence of big markets such as the US and China and Latin is so huge that whatever happens in those countries, they will definitely have a direct effect in Latin America. So basically what advisors are looking for is to the end of the cycle of rising interest rates in the US and expectations related to lower growth in China. Both factors should definitely lead to an uptick in Latin America's deal activity. And you're based in Brazil, which is the biggest market in the region. There's been a dearth of IPOs in recent years, something I think which is reflective in other countries. Is that expected to change this year? It is. It is. Finally, right? Uh, Just as you said, we face two dormant years when it comes to companies going public here in Brazil. Uh, The recovery of the local economy 
paired with expected interest rate cuts in the U.S. are likely to encourage companies to go public. We had opportunity to talk with a couple, uh, with the multiple advisors, entrepreneurs, and uh, industry sectors. And uh, the overall sense that we have is that the number of Brazilian companies likely to float their shares this year should reach or possibly even surpass the mark of uh, the pre-pandemic mark of 2019 when we saw five IPOs on the local boards. And uh, when it comes to the profile of companies that are likely to flow their shares, uh, that was uh, unanimous. Everyone pointed to large cash-generating companies, especially sectors like energy, construction, healthcare, and uh, infrastructure. And just out of interest, what is the rest of the IPO market like in in Latin America? Are, Are there many opportunities for companies to list? Not really. I would love to say that, yes, there are lots of opportunities, but the reality plays a different role, right? So we are likely to see still the window closed for IPOs in most Latin American countries. But that doesn't mean that there are no M&A opportunities. In Mexico, for instance, where the IPO market has been shut for a few years, we are expecting to see an uptick in M&A activity driven by near shoring. Right, that process of in which companies try to reallocate their production facilities closer to uh, the point of usage. Right, so we have been seeing that happening since I would say uh, President Trump's administration when he elevated tariffs on Chinese goods. So lots of uh, U.S. companies reallocated their facilities from China and Asia to Mexico, and that trend has come to stay. That's for sure. But it's important to recap that Mexico is going to face elections in June. And uh, it's interesting because when you talk to advisors based in Mexico, uh, they say that uh, the electoral process in the U.S. is likely to have more influence over Mexico's M&A market than the country's own elections. And... uh, Obviously, there is this expectation that U.S. elections could generate certain temporary volatility. Let's put it this way. But both uh, the Republican and Democratic parties, they have solid incentives to, to maintain and encourage a near showing with Mexico and reduce the U.S. dependence on China and, and, uh, and Asia as a whole. So it's likely to be a good year for Mexico, despite electoral processes in the U.S. and Mexico itself. Yeah, and it's going to be a pretty interesting one with the increasing spectre of uh, Donald Trump's return. And heading south now to Chile, where deals in mining, infrastructure and renewables are expected to continue in 2024. Can you tell us a bit more about anticipated deal activity, starting with the energy and natural resources sectors and then looking at other sectors, please? Definitely. Uh, Chile has most Latin American countries has a natural vocation for uh, commodities and um, natural resources. That's the reason why uh, the mining industry in Chile is so strong, right? But Chile also has a very important public policy related to uh, the implementation of renewable energy sources. So that makes these two sectors very appealing for investors, mining and renewable energy. And whenever you talk about mining and renewable energy, it's automatically to think about a third sector, which is infrastructure, 
right? Because mining and renewable energy are so dependent on infrastructure. So these are three sectors that investors should definitely pay attention to when it comes to investing in Chile. But besides those, those three sectors, it's important to say that uh, uh, all the, the growth of e-commerce that we have been seeing uh, throughout the world, mostly after uh, the pandemic, uh, it's playing a key role in Chile as well. So logistics, transportation, everything related to commerce should also be on the radar of investors. And can you just finish up by talking through the role of private equity and venture capital investments in the LATAM region expected in 2024, please? Sure. Uh, we get some data from LAVCA, which is uh, the Association for Private Capital Investment in Latin America. And what we saw is that in the first three quarters of last year, the volume of venture capital deals in Latin America fell to nearly $3 billion from nearly $7 billion in the same period of 2022. So that was a big loss, right? And one of the reasons behind it is that, uh, and that's important to, to, to say that because the, the, the available capital has not changed, right? Uh, venture capital firms, they still have money available to be invested, but valuations went just through the roof. So what we expect is that there will be a sending, uh, there, there will be a, uh, a realization that some entrepreneurs and companies were perhaps, um, uh, looking for overpriced valuations, and uh, given that some past investments when it comes to VC were not so positive, there's also the sense that some people perhaps were you know, overdoing it with risk. So we expect to see more venture capital resources flying into Latin America this year as valuations go down. When it comes to private equity investment, uh, we also saw a very significant decrease in P activity, but mostly because managers, they haven't received additional capital from institutional investors. So they have very little capital available to invest. And they ended up spending most of their time looking for alternatives to exit their portfolio companies. And it's interesting because when we pick a country, Max, for instance, most of these, <coughs> most of these uh, P managers they look to exit their investments through sales to competitors, which are just past, but also to the families that originally owned their enterprises. So it shows how hard it has been for private equity firms to divest their assets and portfolio companies here in Latin America. Great. Good to talk to you, Tiago. Thanks very much. That was Tiago Barroso, who is the editor for Latin America. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Dealcast from Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. I'm Juliana Needham. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please follow it. And if you're listening through Apple, please rate and review the show. And if you want to find out more about what we've been talking about, have a look at our show notes. Join us again next week. <laughs>